Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And we're not going to talk so much about law today. We are going to talk about business, stewardship of markets, and failures to build those markets. If you see on your screen and you're watching on YouTube, you can tell I have the PlayStation 5 logo up. It's not because of the PlayStation 5 itself, but instead, it's now significantly more expensive peripheral sibling. Or as I said on Twitter this morning, absolutely amazing, good luck with that Sony, to their announcement that the PlayStation VR 2 headset that they have been teasing and touting all of 2022 is going to come in at significantly more expensive than the baseline unit of the PlayStation itself. Now we're going to read this blog post, we're going to talk about why I have reacted so negatively to this news, and we're also going to talk about some of the comments that have been made to that Twitter post that we just discussed, and the various excuse making and otherwise rationalization that people that want this product or otherwise Sony fans are going to be engaged in. To get out in front of the main thing that I expect to receive in the comments is that I'm just an Xbox fan, which is an amusing kind of situation because I've been a Sony fan for all my life. And I will add to that fact that I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of virtual reality as a technology and the advancements that can come from it. I have enjoyed the PlayStation VR. I've enjoyed the Oculus Quest, now MetaQuest. I've enjoyed watching this technology grow. And unfortunately, Sony, who's having a rough year in news items, let's just be honest there, is the primary way in which VR is either going to penetrate the mass market or it's not. Sony has the brand recognition for video games. Sony doesn't have the baggage of a Facebook or a Meta. It's not asking you to sign into Facebook and otherwise lose access to your hardware if you say something that Mark Zuckerberg doesn't like. It doesn't have some of the negative vitriol that comes with randomly raising technology prices two years after the fact. I brought up this article, of course, because I also said at the time that Meta made this decision that Sony was probably pretty happy because it was going to give them at least some amount of cover for whatever they decided to sell their product at. And indeed, I think that is the case because when MetaQuest 2 increased in price from 400, uh, from 300 to 400, $400 to $500 in their models, that gave PlayStation the spacing to go and say, hey, let's sell ours at 550. Now, 550 is a bit of a misnomer, as we will see, because absolutely nothing comes with your $550. In fact, they've got a peripheral that they're adding to this peripheral to sell you separately, even at this price point. But we're going to talk about all of that in just a minute. Looking at this headline, they say, over the past several months, we've introduced PlayStation VR 2 and provided glimpses into the next generation of virtual reality gaming, which will allow you to escape into new worlds while feeling a groundbreaking sense of immersion. Today, I'm very pleased to announce that PlayStation VR 2 is officially launching on February 22nd, 2023. PlayStation VR 2's Sense Controller charging station, designed specifically for the PS VR 2 Sense Controller, will also launch the same day for an additional fee, of course. Now you can see on this box, one of the main things that separates the PlayStation headset from things like the MetaQuest 2 is this little box here, PlayStation 5 required. This is a peripheral, it is not a standalone, which makes the all-in price of a PlayStation 5 VR 2 something like $1,000. Depends on whether you can get the digital edition of the hardware. Depends on whether they have to buy a console package in order to get access to it. But the baseline of the main PlayStation 5 with a disk drive is $500. The PSVR 2 is more than that at $550. And in order to play a PSVR game, well, 
you actually have to pay a little bit more because if for 550 American dollars, you get the headset, you get sense controllers, you get stereo headphones. I don't know what those are going to look like. They don't, those don't appear on the box here. I suspect not terribly high-end headphones. And if you actually want to play something on this unit, well, then Sony's got a package for you. They're happy to sell you this product along with their Horizon Call of the Mountain game, which we don't know a ton about, for $600 or a $50 difference. Now, is that the retail price of Call of the Mountain? Is it $50? So there's basically no benefit to buying it separately or together. Or is that some kind of discount to what they're planning for a full-priced Horizon Call of the Mountain title? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's also worth noting that in terms of that price point, you're only going to get a voucher code. There's no kind of physical media uh, for these VR games. It wouldn't appear. Uh, but if there is, that would be a surprise. And if you get that voucher code, you'll also get the headset, the sense controllers, and the stereo headphones. Do you want to charge those specific sense controllers without taking up every USB port on your PlayStation 5? Well, they've also got a product for you there. They'll sell it to you for $50, freeing up your console's USB ports, which great, I guess. I mean, you designed the console, Sony. So I, I don't know how much credit you want me to give you for not taking up my USB ports. Standalone software titles, including Horizon Call of the Mountain, will also be available for pre-orders starting this month. More details will be provided at a later date. As of right this second, there isn't an official launch lineup for the PlayStation VR 2. And of course, when we talk about hardware, one of the things we often talk about is that software is the driver here. We'll see that repeated in various places. And frankly, we don't have any software but for one game, which might well be cool. But it is one game that doesn't come with your headset. You might also say, Rick, well, can't you just play the existing games you have on your PlayStation VR if you haven't been following the news? The answer to that is no. We'll get to that in just a minute as well. There's also an interesting little tidbit in this blog post. They're not going to be selling their VR headset to most of the West through retailers. They will instead be cutting out the middleman and only selling it to you from their storefront, at least at the top here. During this initial launch phase for our next-gen headset, players in the U.S., U.K., France, Germany, Belgium, Netherlands, and Luxembourg will initially be able to pre-order PlayStation VR 2 solely through PlayStation's online store at direct.playstation.com. Now, importantly, Sony isn't actually a logistics company. We've seen issues with them making sales from their direct store before, particularly most recently with their Last of Us Part 1 Collector's Edition. Who knows how that'll actually look in practice. They're not committing to specific dates. They say orders from that, that get through that pre-order process, will ship throughout the week of launch. They're, they're not committing to a launch date delivery or launch date release. It's an odd kind of setup. And one does assume that it is, again, designed to get around the middleman on these kinds of things and try to keep most of the money for themselves. In other markets, PlayStation and Sony say PlayStation VR 2 will be sold at participating retailers with pre-orders beginning on November 15th. PlayStation VR 2 Sense technology includes key features that enable unique gameplay experiences such as headset feedback, eye tracking, 3D audio, and the adaptive triggers and haptic feedback from the PSVR 2 Sense controllers. Together with compatible games, which I highlighted because nothing that you currently otherwise own for PlayStation VR is at least out of the box compatible with this new headset, they will captivate player senses and offer an incredibly deep feeling of immersion. Now, they also have another announcement to add for us. Today, we are also pleased to reveal additional titles coming to PlayStation VR 2 with fresh new reveals on new titles that are currently in development for PSVR 2. We are expecting more than 20 titles at launch 
That's not that prior announcement that's talking about 2023 titles in general. We don't have any more information on that for you right now. Get excited to spend $600 with us. We'll have more details on our launch game lineup in the future. And then the specifications. And here is where I really think there is a dichotomy between the way I am looking at this particular announcement and the way some fans are looking at this announcement on social media and elsewise. They look at these specifications and say, hey, that's a pretty good rig. That's pretty good hardware. And I can justify in my head getting that spec for that price. Where I disagree is that I think that $550 for this, $600 in all reality to actually play something on it, is absolutely dead on arrival for mass market adoption, right? We're going to talk about that a little bit more as we go through here. But as someone that loves VR, that really does love the Sony and PlayStation brands and wanted to see them succeed in bringing VR into the future, in convincing people that there's real value in playing these kinds of games. I think this is an absolute blockade, a barrier to almost everyone that would deign to think about buying it. So you've limited yourselves to the hardcore audience. Great for them. We'll see some of them in my comments when we get to that portion of the video. But we're all in this together in a very important way. If you love VR, you need to have the actual headset have uptake. There needs to be a market. It's a virtuous cycle. With that market of headset sales, you get more software development. With that software development, you get more headset sales. And VR becomes something that I truly believe that it could be. Instead, what you've got is Facebook requiring you to sign into whatever it is, Mark Zuckerberg, Danes on the day, changing prices willy-nilly. You've got super high-end stuff from Vive and Valve and whomever. And now Sony, with the opportunity to really make a step forward into PlayStation and PlayStation VR says, nah, we're going to sell it to you for $600 or a significant premium for actually buying the baseline unit, which again is a requirement for playing PlayStation VR, which makes the overall cost of this unit something like $1,000, which frankly to me is unbelievable. Right, And I think that's where, if you see a split, if you want to come into my comments and tell me I'm wrong or I'm an Xbox fan or how dare I criticize Sony for their decisions, you are welcome to do so. But businesses make mistakes. And what I would see here is stewardship. If these specs call for that price, I'm not going to dispute that with you. There are a lot of people on the internet that know more about technology and pricing these things and the economy as it stands today than I do. But I will tell you this, if these specs lead to that price, you engineered it wrong. If the economy leads to that price, you're selling into it in a way that you shouldn't be. You look tone deaf right now, Sony. And in that regard, you're going to kill, before it ever had a chance to live, one of my favorite technological branches to come, virtual reality. So let's talk about it a little bit more. First of all, you've heard me mention something that a lot of you I don't think necessarily know if my comments are any indication, which is a month or two ago, Sony came out and said, well, yeah, it's PlayStation VR 2, but none of your PlayStation VR 1 games are going to work on this. And that's a big, big deal because frankly, there's a large library of PlayStation VR 1 games. And I've talked about Sony's miscues with engineering before, and I think they really made a massive one with respect to how they put together the PlayStation 5 because it's just not able to support the PlayStation VR 1 with a lot of folks' setups and TVs and receivers and everything else. And so not having access to that for a couple of years was bad enough. Not having access to that library I've already purchased into is both bad because you don't have that access, you don't have that support for your PlayStation VR 2 product on launch day on day one, 
but also bad from a kind of brand control kind of concept, right? I have spent a lot of money on this. I spent money building up that library. It's now all gone. And we're in a kind of fool me once type of position to say, Sony, I don't trust you to otherwise support your hardware in a way that I think is justified for the money that I have spent on it. Now they give an explanation and it's an explanation that's gonna follow with a number of comments you're gonna see in this video. PSVR games are not compatible with PSVR 2 because PSVR 2 is designed to deliver a truly next generation VR experience. Sounds a little bit like how they sold the PlayStation 5 before they put everything on 4, right? Nishino went on to list what he described as PSVR 2's most, much more advanced features compared to PSVR, such as inside out tracking, eye tracking, 4K HDR support, and a new controller with haptic feedback and adaptive triggers. This means developing games for PlayStation VR 2 requires a whole different approach than the original PSVR. Now, this is interesting in and of itself because we know that with enough engineers, you can work out things. We have seen that, I'm sorry, with Xbox and what they've put forward with their backwards compatibility, but we'll also see in some of the games that were just announced that they got cross-buy, that they have made versions for both at the same time. Now, we can hope that the games that are already on PSVR 1 have some kind of mechanism to bridge that gap to move them to PlayStation VR 2, but all that is right now is hope, and Sony is not doing anything to assuage our fears on that score. Now, as I promised in that blog post, they did announce 11 new PSVR 2 games for 2023, but it's a little bit underwhelming. First, we get Dark Pictures Switchback, which, if you remember the launch of the PlayStation VR original recipe, seems like a recreation, reimagining, different content, but same kind of concept as uh, Until Dawn's Rush of Blood roller coaster type game. Now it's going to be the Dark Pictures Rush of Blood instead. So again, a lot of nostalgia vibes for what the PlayStation VR 2 is going to be. We've got Crossfire, which already exists. They're going to bring that in 2023. We've got a game called The Light Brigade, which is from Funktronic Labs. They say that they will make theirs available as a cross-buy title for PlayStation VR 2 and PlayStation VR. Seems like an engineering feat that could have been handled, perhaps better, uh, by Sony itself. We've got Cities VR, a VR version of the very popular Cities PC game. Something called Cosmonious High from the makers of Job Simulator and Vacation Simulator. Hello Neighbor VR Edition, Jurassic World Aftermath. Something called Pistol Whip, which is already an award-winning physical action rhythm game. Zenith, After the Fall, Tentacular. I think Tentacular is the last one. And here's the thing. Here's the rub about this, right? Again, software is so, so important. We don't know what those 20 launch titles are going to be. We don't know exactly how deep they're going to go into the well of games that already exist on VR. What we do know about this announcement today is that basically all of this is already available in various other places. Cosmonious High looks cool, right? Released in March for uh, various VR devices already. Steam VR, HTC Vive, Oculus Quest 2. Similarly, the Light Brigade, you look at their particular site. Well, it's going to be available on Steam, MetaQuest 2, PlayStation 5, and PlayStation 4. Jurassic World Aftermath is a game that is on this page for the MetaQuest and the MetaQuest 2. And even if you go to an article that is going to espouse the virtues of this product, right? Those specs are worth the money, Hoag, says a lot of people on social media, and that's fine. You're going to find something that, again, looks pretty underwhelming. Here's Polygon saying, it's making me fall in love again with VR in respect to the PlayStation VR 2, primarily based on graphics. They say, last week I tried Sony's new headset for the first time and was caught off guard by how stunning two of its marquee games, Horizon Call of the Mountain and Resident Evil Village look. That's Resident Evil 8, uh, if you aren't familiar. And they talk about the headset a little bit. 
And they also mentioned that for the most part, Horizon Call of the Mountain is the one that seems to use the features of the headset the most. Here's Horizon Call of the Mountain. It's a first person game. It's supposed to be about six or seven hours. Your mileage may vary on whether 50 to $70 is worth it for you on something like that. But Polygon even says compared to the other games on display, Call of the Mountain seemed like the one that most custom built for the new headset. Resident Evil Village, by comparison, is Resident Evil, right? Capcom reps say the VR mode will feature small balance tweaks uh, and a number of small interface adjustments, but no significant content changes from the original campaign. So here's Resident Evil Village, now in VR. Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge Enhanced Edition is a game that's already available on other VR devices and essentially a marketing program for Disney World and Disneyland. It says combine Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge and its last call follow-up into one package, and then we have more Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. So at the end of the day, even the stuff that Sony is showing us right now is effectively reflective on things that we've already played. Yes, probably with better fidelity, probably with cool vibrations on the headset. Is that worth $1,000 to you if you don't have any aspect of the PlayStation 5 ecosystem? Or if we're being generous, is it worth $600 to you? I can't speak for you. I can tell you this as a sidelight. Yes, I can afford this if I wanted to. That is not the conversation about what's happening here. And we'll see that as a comment as well. What is happening here to me is that you're cutting off the middle market. You're cutting off the thing that will actually make this successful. And ultimately, we see how that works in tech. We see how companies abandon the Kinect, how Google abandons Stadia, how PlayStation abandons the PlayStation Eye or camera or move, whatever floats your boat on the PlayStation side of things. These tech companies try things, which is great. And if they don't have mass market adoption, they don't get that software support. Without that software support, fewer people buy it in the first instance, and it goes by the wayside. And what I'm seeing right now with PlayStation VR 2 is a dead on arrival peripheral that is very likely to end in the short term, if not the medium term, with a Sony press release that says, hey, you know, we just didn't get the uptake we thought on that, and we'll try again later. Because as of right this second, I just don't see this product without a significant price reduction and stronger software support coming in and making any changes. Or as Polygon finishes here, as with any new piece of game hardware, the software support will matter more than the hardware itself ever will. And I honestly think that is something that Sony has forgotten in trying to sell this PlayStation VR peripheral to you, which is why, as I said, absolutely amazing. Good luck with that, Sony. It seems tone deaf in the extreme, but others disagree. So let's highlight some of them. Here's Joseph LaRusso, fan of the channel and, and friend on social media saying, I think there's going to be a virtual legality. That's meta in and of itself. We've got people calling it niche. That's a problem for the current economy. People laughed when I said it would be between $550 and $600. You got people defending PlayStation. Here's B-Rap Basement Radio Arcade and says it's the same price when you include the must-have peripherals for the PSVR. But again, I don't think that highlights much of anything except, yeah, I already bought into this ecosystem and none of it works anymore. And now you're asking me to double down. It doesn't work for me. We've got other people laughing and things like that. If it were bundled with Half-Life Alex, which was a rumor for a little while, maybe I would have been tempted, but not at this price. I'm excited to grab it when it goes on sale. I'm waiting for the price increase after launch to get mine. David of Lawyers and Dragons saying, hey, Sony and Meta are killing VR like Microsoft killed the Kinect in 2013. And if you've watched us on the BitCast, you know, we just talked about the Kinect very recently and how it could have had some kind of model that went forward, but the hardware manufacturer itself made so many poor choices with how it was marketed, sold, combined, etc., that it killed that idea before it ever had a chance to grow. Now, here we get the alternative, cross. In terms of spec, with when priced next to other VR offerings in this category, it's actually priced very reasonably. It's expensive, but you're getting a great deal. With that said, it will 100% be a very niche product, and I think Sony is expecting that. If they are expecting that, they're expecting failure. 
That's just the reality of the situation. Sony is a mass market consumer facing technology producer. They are not intending to go out there and as some other people will describe, make a Porsche against a Ford Fiesta. They are trying to sell you somewhat nicely furnished Ford Fiestas. That is what the PlayStation has always been as a brand. That is what Sony is seeking to achieve. That's where most of the money lives is getting it into a lot of people's hands. Now you have people that disagree with me. Even on that, you've got here a quote from Modern Vintage Gamer. 550 is about right for a VR headset. He says, the tech specs are very impressive. I think it will do well. I think he's wrong, obviously. That's why I'm making this video. It's still missing that killer app that I would have hoped to have seen in the launch lineup. And again, it's kind of retroactive rationalization. I look at the specs okay, I can justify $550 or $600 for that particular set of specs. We have to talk about the market. If it doesn't have uptake, the company will not support it. We have this as historical precedents from all the tech companies. And I fear for the future of a technology that I very much like because of it. We have other people saying, I've become content with my decision to purchase the Quest version 2. I was interested, but not without Alex. Literally one of the cheapest VR headsets on the market, especially with those specs, but go ahead. Clout is one hell of a drug. Now, I don't understand exactly who thinks I'm trying to gain clout with this understanding. Honest to God, folks, this is my own somewhat impassioned position on this topic, and that is that I love VR, and this makes me sad. So it's not about clout, but it's also not one of the cheapest VR headsets on the market. (laughs) Obviously, the Quest is the cheapest VR headset with mass market appeal on the market, because it's also a standalone device. The PlayStation VR 2 is not remotely. Honestly, you probably need that charging box for an extra $50 to actually make it logistically work in your home. So it's a very, very expensive unit. And then Gavin Stevens on Twitter here comes in and says, in the UK, we can't even afford to heat our homes right now. We're cutting back on everything, including food, but sure, let's just release a VR headset more expensive than the console. You got other people talking about clout and whatnot and saying it's super cheap by comparing things that are not comparables. And yet, I think Gavin has an important point. Look, it's a weird time in 2022. It's going to get weirder in 2023. As I said here, there's not a person that I know that isn't at least contemplating tightening their belts to figure out how to survive a very tumultuous economic time. And I don't want to talk politics here. I don't want to blame anybody on this right now. But it is clear across the board that these headlines aren't going away, right? From October 30th, the Fed may have to blow up the economy to get inflation under the control. For our European neighbors, inflation in Europe reaches a record 10.7% as officials face hard options. It is a mess out there. And one of the things that you are supposed to do as essentially a leisure brand, an entertainment brand, is to at least remotely have your finger on the pulse. Now, I am not going to blame Sony for looking at the specs for this unit a few years ago, whenever this was actually finalized, and having a price point that I would be willing to bet was not slated to come in at $550 or $600. I can't imagine that they went to the whiteboard, they designed this thing, and they said, let's sell this at $600 to mass America or mass markets around the world. I can't believe that that happened. And I do believe that they are taking into account some of the things that Meta blamed about supply lines and just the general economy and inflation hitting them. But inflation is going to hit somebody. And if it's going to hit somebody... I'd rather it hit Sony than it hit the consumer base, at least for the uptake of the technology. That doesn't mean we can't excuse them. That doesn't mean we can't say, hey, I understand why they're doing this. We can, but that doesn't matter to you and me. As I like to say in this space and in others, it's not my problem. If you release a product that is going to very likely end mass market uptake of a technology that I really, really love and I'm in favor of, 
I'm going to be upset at the decision making that led to that particular concept. Now, you still have people coming in and saying, well, people are out there buying graphics cards. They're buying iPhones. Folks, if you think that the PlayStation VR 2 has the same market as a generalized communications device, I've got a bridge to sell you. It's a very nice bridge. You can just Venmo me the money and you will be all set. This is not the same market remotely. Yes, people get excited about Apple iPhones and maybe Sony wants to be that kind of boutique, high-end manufacturer of VR goods. They ain't there yet and it's gonna be very hard when you've got a $400 to $500 entry point to even decide whether they could get there into the future. If you're not already a PlayStation fan, this is out from day one. If you are already a PlayStation fan, chances are it's out for you because of the price point until you wait for a sale, which you know is gonna come because honestly, that support is likely to not be there if at all, from launch on. You've got other people saying, hey, if you're hurting that bad, maybe you should uh, not be worrying about VR. Like I said, this isn't about me. This isn't about people that can't afford it if they deign to do so. It's about, would I even buy this unit? Not because I don't have the cash to otherwise spend on it. Not because co-counsel Mrs. Hoglaw has already said something about the price uh, to me today, but because if you don't have that uptake, you're not gonna get the support you want. It's not gonna be the product that you wanna spend the money on anyway. I say we're all in this together, not to imply that I have to buy something that you buy or that I won't buy it if you don't buy it, but because if we look at a market like this one that has to have software development, resources, time, energy, blood, sweat, and tears go into it, then at the end of the day, if they look at it and say, well, there's only a million units out there or whatever number the PlayStation VR 2 winds up selling, then you're going to have people making different decisions. Now, the good news is if Sony makes it easy enough for people to actually develop things on the stuff that is selling, like in all likelihood, the MetaQuest 2 continues to do, and they can bring it easily over to the PlayStation VR 2, then you're probably going to get what amounts to the detritus of the Oculus MetaQuest kind of marketplace. But at that point, your PlayStation VR 2 brand is maybe not going to be overly useful because you've spent all this money on specs and you're going to wind up with the equivalent of Switch support from third parties. Now, we can like that. We can like that they put games on the Switch that maybe don't necessarily belong there. And, and maybe we can get some of that support for the PlayStation VR 2. But at that point, you're the second sister. You're, you're the ugly stepchild in the situation where somebody else is driving the market. And we have seen that before, right? Even in technology. It's not the best specs that often win. It's the specs that were adopted by the most people. And then everybody else has to work around the fact that that technology is getting all of the interesting inputs. So expect more of this, expect more cross buys, expect more MetaQuest cast-offs onto the PlayStation VR 2. And maybe that's fine. Maybe that's fine for you, but it isn't really fine for me. And that's why I'm making the commentary that I'm making here. Now, continuing on, I think that's about what everybody has said. Hey, what do you expect the price to be? The specs are amazing. As I said, if that's the case, the specs are wrong. The engineering is wrong. The decision to not have backward compatibility available for the library that you have that could have supported an existing growth curve for PlayStation VR, that was wrong. If you have to sell it at $600, you were wrong. I'm sorry, that's in fact the case. Now, you could say, Rick, you could be wrong. Leave that comment. I'm sure I'll get plenty, but I could be wrong, absolutely. This is just one person, just me, sitting here talking to you about how I feel about these business decisions. And maybe in a year or two, you can point to this video and say, Rick has never been wronger in his life. And I will tell you this, if that is in fact the case, I will also never be happier because that means that VR in general has taken off. It's gotten that adoption. It's gotten that support and everybody's a winner. I really, really doubt that which is why I wanted to make this video. Or as I said in the last tweet of my thread this morning, unfortunately, 
the big problem for me is not Sony, it's not Xbox, it's not Meta, it's not Vive, it's that Sony had the chance. Sony had the ball, and in my opinion, it threw up an air ball. It may well take one of my favorite new technological branches, virtual reality, down with it. Folks, there's a reason I called this virtual legality. There's a reason that I called it something related to one of my favorite technologies, and it's just unfortunate. There is an old sci-fi show that I really, really used to love called Babylon 5. And in Babylon 5, it has an intro that talks through some of the things that happen in the show. And it starts out in year one saying it was the last best hope for peace. Spoiler alert for a 1990 science fiction show. At a later time, in a different intro, it says it was the last best hope for peace, and it failed. I sincerely hope PlayStation and Sony and PSVR 2 don't do that. I now have significant fears that they will. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoy this kind of content or you'd just like to hate watch it because you think I'm a terrible person for saying these kinds of things, consider supporting the channel. We accept support from people that love or hate. Uh, We've got a support mechanism at Utreon. We've got support mechanisms at Patreon or just subscribing, ringing the bell, upvoting, downvoting. YouTube loves that as well. Telling your friends every single little bit helps to let people know, to let YouTube know that we're having conversations at this type about business, about law, of these things that we otherwise care about and love so much in this space. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.